Chapter 3 Though the Hurst was, as befitted its Chatelaine, the most Elizabethanly complete abode in Rhizome, the rest of the village, in its due degree, fell very little short of perfection. It had but its one street some half-mile in length, but that street was a gem of medieval domestic architecture. For the most part, the houses that lined it were blocks of contiguous cottages, which had been converted either singly or by twos and threes into dwellings containing the comforts demanded by the twentieth century, but externally they preserved the antiquity which, though it might be restored or supplemented by bathrooms or other conveniences, presented a truly Elizabethan appearance. There were, of course, accretions such as old insigns above front doors and old bell-pulls at their sides, but the doors were uniformly of inconveniently low stature. Roofs were of stone slabs or old brick in which a suspiciously abundant crop of antirhinums and stone crops had anchored themselves, and there was hardly a garden that did not contain a path of old paving stones, a mulberry tree, and some yews cut into shape. Nothing in the place was more blatantly medieval than the village green, across which Georgie took his tripping steps after leaving the presence of his queen. Round it stood a row of great elms, and in its centre was the ducking pond, according to Rhizome tradition, though perhaps in less classical villages it might have passed merely for a duck pond. But in Rhizome it would have been rank heresy to dream even in the most pessimistic moments of its being anything but a ducking pond. Close by it stood a pair of stocks, about which there was no doubt whatever, for Mr. Lucas had purchased them from a neighbouring iconoclastic village, where they were going to be broken up, and, after having them repaired, had presented them to the village green, and chosen their site close to the ducking pond. Round the green were grouped the shops of the village, slightly apart from the residential street, and at the far end of it was that undoubtedly Elizabethan hostelry, the Ambermere Arms, full to overflowing of ancient tables and Bible boxes, and fire dogs and firebacks and bottles and chests and settles. These were purchased in large quantities by the American tourists who swarmed there during the summer months at a high profit to the nimble proprietor, who thereupon purchased fresh antiquities to take their places. The Ambermere Arms, in fact, was the antique furniture shop of the place, and did a thriving trade, for it was much more interesting to buy objects out of a real old Elizabethan inn than out of a shop. 